Hello everyone. Today we're going to talk about the magical key to coaching all equestrians no matter what. So get ready for it. Well, I'm kidding because there is no magical key and there's no magical potion, but I do have some good news for you. I am going to give you some very insightful things to think about when it comes to coaching riders. So first things first, let me babble about something that doesn't pertain to what I'm going to talk about, but it is super awesome anyway. I was just featured on PS Dressage and I wrote a very big article for them, big as in very long, and it consists of a bunch of different exercises that you could be doing during quarantine and what I would want my riders doing if they were stuck at home. And it's awesome because each one comes with a video of me doing the exercises. So it's very helpful. They're going to be posting one a day. And today I also wrote an article for my own website. Yes, I've been very busy uh, called The Art of Coaching the Rider. And that is what I'm going to read to you today because I know some of you like listening to my voice over reading my long articles. So here we go. Here's the thing. And this is what I live to preach to all of you because I only want you taken on one ride and that is the one on your horse. There is no such thing as rider specific exercises. Someone is literally just trying to make money off of you and sell you something that doesn't exist. So why are rider specific exercises not a thing? because attempting to mimic exercises off of a horse does not transfer over well to when you're on the horse. The same goes for every sport. For example, if you're trying to increase your ability to squeeze a horse using an exercise ball, it will not increase, increase, can't speak, it will not increase your squeeze strength because your horse is not an exercise ball and you are simply not just using your adductors by themselves. Your adductors are your inner thighs. If riders continue to only focus on exercises like that or ones where they are pulling back on a band, they'll only focus on that when they're riding and they'll not be able to put the whole picture together. In other words, you'll end up having an electric ass and hard hands which I've seen before and it's not fun. The best way to get good at riding is to ride as much as possible and practice your sport. The best way to improve overall strength, balance, coordination, mobility, etc. is to practice all of that off of the horse. Essentially, there's no exercise that will make you better at doing those stirrups unless you do them. I have really tried, I'm telling you. Doesn't happen. No stirrup sucks no matter what. The reason why I, I take people off of their horse to practice things like strength, coordination, mobility, is because your horse doesn't really need to put up with all of that. Not saying that, that you're being mean to them or whatever, but there are certain things you could practice 
that will turn over very, very well to riding, like being strong, coordinated, balanced, all of that stuff that your horse doesn't really need to have you on his back for you to do. Your horse needs you on his back to find a distance, to bend, to do all your flat work. That's stuff that you're never going to learn in the gym. I can't, I can't teach you how to see distance. Trust me. That would be the most amazing freaking thing in the world. But I haven't gotten that far yet. When I do, I will update. Back to my magical fairy dust article here. So here's my magical fairy dust. Focusing on the whole picture means focusing on the whole body. Your riding will get better when your body can function as one moving part, but you have the mental and physical ability to break the whole into smaller pieces without losing coordination. For example, when you're bending your horse, your inside leg is pushing them over while your outside leg remains steady. Your inside rein becomes a direct rein and your outside rein becomes an opening rein. Now that's the physical part of doing it. The mental part is actually knowing you're doing it right and getting the right feedback from your horse. We see the same thing when we do a barbell squat. Our upper body must be strong enough not to topple over while our lower body does the work. Our hands stay firm but steady and do not interfere with the work our lower body is doing. Barbells require a lot of coordination and patience, which is just another reason why I love to use them. The mental aspect turns over to riding so much. They're going to humble you. They're going to be hard. They're going to be frustrating. There's nothing you could do about it but work harder. And I always tell that to my riders. If you have a difficult horse or your horse is being bad that day, you are never to get mad and aggressive with them. Your ride just got longer. Or if you are getting mad and aggressive, I say just get off. If there's a trainer there to get on your horse, let them get on if they can. If they're not, either lunge them or put them away because I never ever want to see riders get mean and aggressive and take their personal frustrations out on their animal. But anyway, um, diverging from my article here. Back to it. You've all heard me say a million times the whole rider-specific exercise spiel and I always come up with a but because there's always a but. That's not all I have to say about coaching riders because my favorite phrase is, it depends on who you're coaching. So I'm going to throw a few examples out there on how to coach various types of riders who are in different stages of their career. I'm not going to discuss actual exercises because I've written about that in previous articles and spoken about it previously. The thing I want you to hold on to though is just simply getting strong. Don't think about how I can make my exercises look as if I'm on my horse. The difference in when I coach riders is their lifestyle. Where are they? What are they doing? What are their goals? You know, what stage of their life are they in? And that's what we're going to get into. So let's talk about the timid rider. 
The goal here is to start slow. If the rider is timid in the ring, then they likely haven't done many challenging or intimidating exercises. I'm not going to go through an entire program, as I said, for each rider, but just a continuum of what I would do as a coach. First, let's get this rider lifting some weights. They're likely lifting at home due to gym intimidation. That's fine, but the investment in their strength needs to be a little higher. Purchasing weights, hiring a coach, etc. The main goal is to get them into a gym and conquering that fear, even if it's just once a week. Timid riders are not less capable than confident ones. It's the mental aspect that holds them back. The program isn't anything more or less magical than others. It's the mental push given by the coach that builds the timid rider. So, you know, if they're a teenage timid rider, an adult timid rider, kids, we just will discuss later on, but you want to make them feel and, and actually make them strong and believe in themselves because they are more than cap physically capable of riding. It's just a mental roadblock for them. So getting them strong is a huge factor in opening up their riding. So let's talk about kids. Here we go. <laughs> That's next. Kids cannot train like individuals who have hit puberty already as they lack the hormonal makeup to recover from lifting weights. I've also spoken about that in various other articles. When I say recover, I mean they aren't going to die if they do lift weights. They just won't build the muscle and the strength that those with matured, hor matured hormonal profile will. Therefore, if they're on a workout program, it will not increase in weight each session, but rather focus on coordination and other mental aspects of training. Kids should go to the gym and have an exercise program for many reasons. They 100% can increase their coordination on a horse and make smaller strength gains. They aren't incapable of getting stronger. Having a program that teaches them discipline and patience is extremely important in our sport and they should learn to value their health and fitness at a young age and be supported if that's what they want to do. Now let's hop into the professional. I'm going to split professionals into three categories based on what I've seen throughout my time in the industry. A. The young professional. The young and healthy professional. This would be a category I'm in. The goal here is to build a suit of armor using strength as our main tool. Usually, by the time someone becomes a professional, they've already been riding for a very long time, I hope. The body's already started to take a bit of a, a toll. Maybe you've had some back pain or some immobile hips like me. Strength training along with consistent mobility work can really help increase the longevity of a young professional's career, not to mention they set the standard for their students to care about their health and fitness. The program itself would be based upon the trainer's schedule and individual needs, but they would ideally be utilizing a barbell. This is because it's generally easier for this age group to grasp the use of it, as well as belong to a gym. They typically don't mind taking form videos either, which is really great on my end as a coach. My generation doesn't really care about having to take videos of themselves because that's what we've done for many, many years. But on a side note, just uh, personally, when I don't work out, my 
lower back pain and my hips really start to hurt um, versus I have no pain when I train, actually. I just kind of notice my hips are a little uneven, but that doesn't prevent me from doing anything. It's just something I recognize and I could work on if I were to put the time into So the professional that no longer rides, let's hop into another one. There may be various trainers or various reasons why trainers no longer ride, but serious injury and age can typically be the main two. Personally, I'm extremely adamant about if you teach, you should be riding, unless you are in the previously mentioned categories. I'm not going to say somebody who has serious injuries or you know is older and just wants to retire and they have years and years and years of experience they don't have to ride anymore there's a certain time where you know you got to stop if you want if you don't want to then don't stop by all means but I think it's crazy to have trainers who don't ride at all but uh, that's just my opinion. Let me go back to reading what I wrote here. This group of trainers requires a lot more TLC as their bodies have been through a lot and have likely never done anything besides ride. First, if they're injured, they must be cleared by a doctor to train, obviously. Second, they're likely to be a bit overweight and working on nutritional skills will come before hitting the gym. I want these individuals to know that they too can still become strong, healthy role models for their students. In fact, it's even more inspirational to watch them come back within themselves. Their training program would generally start from the very beginning. Body weight movements for X amount of weeks, dumbbell work, and ideally they too could move to a barbell. Don't start thinking I'm crazy. There are a ton of older individuals who progress to barbell work at their own rates and move their own ways. And they make huge strides, definitely pun intended. And it it almost saves their life because once you hit an age where if you fall down, you can't get back up, what are you gonna do? You know, if you need to lift something overhead and you can't, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so barbell work is in my eyes just essential for everybody to do even if you don't do it at, at a level like I do I'm a competitive power lifter it's my sport to lift heavy but you should be able to go through these daily movements like the squat the press and the deadlift for people's own health and safety especially older individuals and now the third one the middle-aged professional I'm calling all moms like mine these trainers work really hard. They live and breathe horses. Their bodies have taken a huge toll. Some have more elaborate exercise backgrounds than others, but generally they're experiencing forms of joint pain, poor nutrition, lack of mobility, just to name a few. The first thing, their diet is very important. Getting them eating enough protein and getting everyone to eat enough protein in general is always the first point on my list. This group may be more nervous to train as they feel they may get injured, but let me reassure you, likelihood of getting injured in a gym versus getting injured by a horse is far, far 
in bold and capital letters, less likely than, you know, than you getting hurt at the barn. But exercise is not always comfortable and enjoyable. So you may have to push through in the beginning to reap the benefits. These trainers are more than capable of various forms of strength training as they are already very strong. It just takes a bit more convincing that they need it. It may help avoid joint replacements, hip replacements, shoulder replacements in the future. They just need a little push from what I found. Now another one, the advanced rider. I'm not going to touch a ton on this because I've written various articles and spoken about coaching riders like those in the Big Eck and other competitive divisions quite a bit already. Younger riders who are in this sport to compete throughout the year require a training program that not only coincides with their schedule, but their goals and die-hard personalities as well. These are the riders that thrive in the gym. They are here to be athletes and know that the training schedule and know that their training schedule off their horse is required, just as it is in every other sport. Here's the catch though. There are very few riders who treat themselves like real athletes. So let me tell you this. Riding is a real sport. Newsflash, it's in the Olympics. Yet so many young riders feel that the gym is unimportant. Every athlete has a very detailed strength program. Riders are no different. When coaching these riders, it is extremely important to know and understand their busy competitive schedules and program around that, keeping a close eye on recovery and consistency. Overall, I want every rider to feel like their body is a suit of armor. It's a body that they trust and believe in when difficulty may arise. These difficulties may simply become picking up a bale of hay or stepping into a show ring with sweaty hands and a racing heart, but knowing you are 100% capable. They may also be times when your horse would rather see your butt on the ground, but you're strong enough and stay on or recover quickly if you fall off. Every rider's journey is different. Therefore, every program is different and unique to what they need. So that was my fairy dust that I sprinkled around. It's not magical. It's just understanding how to program for various different lifestyles there are certain exercises that I will do no matter what for every person. And a lot of times when you see my, my w daily workouts that I put out, or if I, for example, the, the PS dressage article that I wrote, as it comes out, you'll see the exercises get a little bit harder and harder, but I like to start everybody off with the basics because there's so much you could do there and learn how to program for yourself a bit and know that you don't need to do these crazy exercises that have no means to an end. So I hope you all enjoyed this and preferred my voice over reading. And I hope you all have a wonderful evening. <laughs>